time again for another episode of scaring and sharing yes the podcast where we share spooky news and frightful views with each other and you about all things horror <laughs> they got a little bit like fran drescher in there <laughs> did it yeah just slightly the only time i ever watched the nanny was when i had covid uh the, the one and only time that i know of at least and i somehow just like couldn't stop watching the nanny it was so weird <laughs> it's weird i only remember it from my childhood because my parents oh, watched it i thought you were gonna say you only remember fran drescher from the nanny well nope Sa- santa's claws or oh yeah uh yeah what is Sa- that? santa's sleigh oh god santa's sleigh. i forgot about that yeah she's in the beginning no like my parents used to watch the nanny so that's all okay i, I vaguely remember it uh back in the day and that's it so, <laughs> never engaged with it since well this week we are a friend drescher podcast and <laughs> we are your scare boys i'm here today with the effervescent which is my go-to word apparently and illuminating jeremy the original sasquatch slim rusk and you are the bubbly and delightful brandy joe Planbeck, the flaming scream queen himself <laughs> are you wearing a nightmare on elm street four oh dream warrior dream warriors uh, t-shirt I, I know we have talked about it before but the artwork on those freddy posters is just so so good oh they're they're yeah when did they stop it's just one through five right that had that same artist yeah and then i feel like there were like i feel like maybe he did versions of the other ones but they weren't like used like maybe yeah. they came after because i feel like sleep no more is his artwork yes like right like yes the, it is or yep. in the vein of i don't know if it is him or not but yeah it's in the vein of but yeah i remember it's specific, at least one two three and four uh five i remember there being alternate like i think there was a painting cover or a poster that was done by him like the previous four but there's another one that's just like clip art from the movie that and two didn't lot. get like used it didn't? I thought it did. No, I mean, not. it's not on, like, the VH. Like, yes, you see it when you look up the artwork for it. Oh, but, I, but I mean, the video cover was, like, him tearing. That's true. Like, the, right. through the box. Because I, I, I remember exactly where it was when I was rented for me in, like, the third grade. Yeah. I remember where it was in the video store, and I remember what it looked like. And I was like, ooh, he's scary. Yeah, and when I think about the videos at the video store too it's just one three and four used the poster art because i can remember those video covers still had the that that uh, the illustrated you know poster art while the others all had like crappy clip art that was like based on the stills from the movie so yeah yeah because i remember freddy's dead is the one that had the first big break i remember with the poster where it was just like a picture of freddy and that was it and nothing yeah. too nothing too cool yeah, but Freddy's so cool. Mm-hmm. So, Jeremy, what have you watched this week? Mm, man, now I gotta um, thank God for Letterboxd, because I make it do all my remembering for me. Uh, anything I'm just hoping you didn't watch what I'm going to assign you this week. No, I didn't do anything. It, it's all been rewatches. Okay. Um, hey, I did. I hadn't seen it since it came out, and I remember hating it. Uh, oh. it's still not a good movie, but I liked it a little more this time since I already Skinner knew what I was... Rink? 
Yeah, Skinner Rink. I watched it again. No, I watched uh, Texas Chainsaw 3D. Oh. oh. Uh, yeah. And um, knowing what it was this time, I was able to dial into more of a like, oh, this is kind of campy and fun. Is it the one uh, with his niece? Yeah, it's the one. No, cousin. They're cousins. Okay, but she's like a really pretty brunette. Like she has yeah. like striking eyes, right? They're like a yeah, unique it's, color or something. What's her name? Alexandra. Yes. Whatever. Mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, yeah, no, it's got the great line. Do your thing, cuz. And she throws the <laughs> chainsaw to him. So. Oh, my God. Yeah, this. This and it turns Leatherface into like an anti-hero, which I don't know. All the choices they make in it are wild. Watch the movie and every story choice. You're like, why did they think this was a good idea for a Texas Chainsaw movie? How bizarre. Like Speaking... they, they tried to turn it into like a sexed up like oh. teen slasher movie. And you're like, that's not what this no. franchise works best as. So, but yeah, this go around, I gave it two and a half on Letterboxd, uh, and I was like, yeah, you what know. What was it before? A one. Oh. <laughs> before I had it at a one, and that was just based on remembering my experience seeing it in theaters and being like, that movie sucked. But this time around, I had, like, fun laughing at it, so. Speaking of the anti-hero, Taylor Swift, um, Saw X is now out digitally, which is mm. fun. But, like, I, it was... On over on it's only a podcast I know I talk about them all the goddamn time, um, <laughs> but they they're doing their their saw um series so they're talking about it a lot but they've talked about how in particular in Saw X I feel like John Kramer's sort of like your protagonist you know mm -hmm. which like he isn't always in them but you're definitely like sort of more on his side mm -hmm. and I definitely like it saw x in particular really gets you on his side and you're really down for exactly what's happening to these people like you're like yes 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 mm -hmm. um but it made me think again about don't breathe too and how they try to do that with the blind man and it was like uh-uh no no because it, it didn't work not based on you know what you know of him from the first movie like there's a fine line you walk with trying to turn like Freddy, I don't think will ever work as an antihero. You can't make like Freddy Krueger, for example, a antihero character. No, um, no. Like so, yeah. Certain characters, I think you can get away with, but others, nah, it's not gonna work. Yeah, when someone like, yeah, after Don't Breathe, which I love, and I yeah. mean, there is something to for a while thinking, oh my god, this poor guy, and he's just trying to defend his house, but then. It, there's a line that's crossed yes. at a certain point, and you're like, okay, nope, like, fuck this dude. And so there's just no turning back from that once you get to the second one. And that's why with Don't Breathe 2, I remember as well that there was a different, like, story concept that was, like, talked about when they originally announced, you know, they're making Don't Breathe 2, and here's a synopsis of what to, you know, look forward to. And it was entirely different than the movie that came out. So I'm like, what, what happened there? Did they re- Well, I think... I think we had talked about that. It was contingent on uh, What's-Her-Face reprising her role, and she mm -hmm. opted not to come back. So they apparently went with a totally alternate uh, script. So. Yeah, because apparently he was a total fucking... Like, I haven't been able to look at Fede Alvarez the same either since, like, her allegations came out about him. Yeah, that's what it was. I was trying to remember what happened, and she was saying that... She said he, he was just, like, the worst. Really awful to work with. So, yeah. yeah. And, it's and like, I fucking oh. love her. Yeah. I love her so much. I love Jane Levy. Mm -hmm. Or Le Levy? Levy, I, I believe it is. Maybe it's Levy. But I mm -hmm. fucking love her, so I stan her, and because of that, Fede Alvarez can suck a dick. And he's doing the new Alien movie, right? Is he? 
I think so. And James okay. Cameron like has watched some of it or something. And yeah, or Ridley Scott, I can't remember which one, and was like, "Oh, it's fucking brilliant," or something like that. Yeah, I know Fede keeps getting attached to all kinds of legacy stuff now because you know he did the he was part of Evil Dead, that he did that Texas Chainsaw or produced it, um, and then now Alien. I guess I don't know. He's all over, but so far the it's up and down the filmography. So we'll see. I also had a rewatch this week after because my husband on Monday was like, um, he hit me up. I was working and he's like, I'm going to go to the movies. He's like, I'm going to see Oppenheimer talk to me. And I'm like, oh, my God. Well, if you'll wait, we can watch talk to me together, please. And so he went to Oppenheimer and walked out. He thought it was so boring. Um, and he had a, a rough time of it because the night before was Skinnamarink. So Ooh. He, had a, he, he has um, no issues stopping or walking out of a film um, wow. when he's just not feeling it. So, uh, but we watched Talk to Me that night, and oh, my, it, I gotta say, it was somewhat of a game changer, even though I already liked to watch it with subtitles. Mm -hmm. Like, I picked up everything, whereas before, I mean, there was, I don't know, mm. a, a, a tenth of the dialogue, if not more, that I was like, I don't know what the fuck they're saying right now. Those Australian accents. <laughs> so watching, I mean, I watch American things in, with subtitles now, too, because I... There's just mm -hmm. times where I'm missing stuff, so it's gotten in a habit, and it's weird, I'm off on a tangent now, like on Be Real and things like that, like I'm often seeing my friends, even like young college kids that I'm like friends with on Be Real, when they're taking pictures of them watching things, they're watching them with subtitles. Mm -hmm. I think it is just like a thing people do nowadays. Well, I've read a lot of think pieces that talk about, especially coming from audio, like engineers and stuff, that uh, there has been this push where everything is getting mixed for uh, home entertainment systems and stuff like, you know, the big sound systems. That not everybody has. Uh, so often you're watching uh, something on uh, wherever, but the sound isn't designed for your like stereo TV. So that dialogue's getting muddled because the mix okay. is not designed. You know, it's it's all this stuff with mixing and things where uh, they need to go back to a standardized, uh, like even mix, uh, so that you can hear everything as opposed to something often the dialogue getting buried in the mix and you're okay. like wait a minute it's quieter than the music and like the sound effects so i can't hear the people yeah so that's sort of what's going on is there's no real stint they're trying to make everything like this is designed for that surround sound we're gonna play with that you know and it's it's getting out of control well, I got to say, it was it was great. And he fucking loved Talk To Me, which I was so happy about. Mm. And I loved it even more. Like, the second time around, knowing exactly where it goes. Because mm -hmm. the first time I was a little thrown off, thinking it was kind of going to be one thing, and then it was a slightly different thing. Which didn't make it bad for me. I still rated it four stars the first time I watched it. But the second time, I was just like, oh, fuck yes. Like, it was just, it's so, so good. Yeah, I want to rewatch it because I remember liking it, but not being in love in love with it the way everybody seems to be. So, but with uh, Exorcist Believer now having come out, I want to go back and watch this and be like, I think this is a better Exorcist movie than <laughs> the new oh, Exorcist. So it is, it is, it is just so good. So that was a fun rewatch, and then I'm still plugging through. House uh, uh, Haunting of Hill House. I have like one episode left. I just love it. I just I'm I don't want it to be done. But then oh, I can move no. on to to Fall of the House of Usher. So Ooh, and everyone okay. for the most part, I hear everyone just raving about it. I've heard like one or two people not be crazy about it, but like for the most part, everyone like fuck, this is awesome. It's pretty good. Oh, you watched it all? Not yet. Oh, okay. Halfway through. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Does it help that I know the fall of House of Usher? Or is every single episode a different Poe story, essentially? Uh, yeah, I mean, where I'm at in the story, very little of House of Usher has happened. Like okay. the story House of Usher, but a lot of other Poe stories. You know, it's a mix of all these different Poe stories. So I'm already guessing the ending, though, of episodes as soon as I realize what Poe story they're doing. So, okay. yeah, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself here. But we'll get to it. We'll talk to, about it some more. Have you heard about, and I don't think I mentioned it before, but the Hulu documentary Monster Inside? Mm -mm. It's about this extreme haunted house, and it is supposed to be so fucked up. Is that one of those ones where you got to sign a waiver? I'm pretty sure, because like the review, I mean, I just, I don't read the reviews. They're kind of like trailers for me, but Mm -hmm. my friend who like reviews a ton of shit gave it like an A, which I was shocked. And he's like, this is like fucking scary as shit. And wow. so I'm like, oh, I got to watch it. And I keep sort of forgetting about it. Uh, but yeah, I was curious if you have seen it. And I can't no. remember. Um, Hell House LLC, you've seen the first one, but you don't remember very well. Is that correct? Uh, no, I don't think I've seen that one. I've seen the houses that October built or whatever. Oh, no. That I've seen. I haven't seen Hell House. Oh, man. Well, I sh- should have given you that this week, but I'm not going to. Because okay. I have something else I'm going to give you. <laughs> but that cool. is a great, that's a great Halloween one. And I was like trying to think, like, I want to give you a good Halloween film. Because yeah. our next episode will come out on Halloween weekend. This one. Our next mm-hmm. one. This one that we're recording right yeah, now. Yeah, the one we're recording right now. So, <laughs> Did you watch anything else? Uh, no, I mean, that's of note. There you go. Just some rewatches, some Evil and Deads. Some and some, or some, some House of Usher. Friday the 13th and some House of Usher, so. What Friday the 13th? Um, I've gotten through the first date now. Wow. Yep, at this point. And I was okay. like, I, in fact, right before we finished record, or started recording, I just finished part eight. Okay. <laughs> Again, still not great. So there you go. That's Manhattan? That takes Manhattan. So oh, still boy. not great. No. Although I, I did, I think I talked about this last time, I did enjoy The New Blood Part 7 more yes. than I have in the past. I don't know what changed this go around, but I liked it a lot more. So I'm coming around to that one. I like the mix of like, you know, Jason with another like sort of supernatural thing. I think that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fun too. But I don't I think, think it works as good in like Jason Goes to Hell. No. No. Jason Goes to Hell is where it gets. But that also mixes crazy. like another thing in there. But I, I don't know. Don't like it as much. But I also unapologetically still like Jason X too, uh, <laughs> even though it's so bad. Uh, so so bad. It's good. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Well, let's read some terror grams. Let's get to it. Um, I'll kick things off. This is from Matthew, our dear friend, mm. and the subject line is "What I've been watching." First of all, I wanted to mention on how much I enjoyed the last episode with Josh Corngut. I've heard you mention his podcast, Development Hell, Hell, on your show. But I never gave it a listen, and now I've started, and I'm enjoying it. It's very interesting concept. I'm actually watching Dead Silence as I type this because of that episode. Recently, I saw Saw X, and I liked it. I've only seen one, two, I think three, and Spiral. But I thought this installment of the Saw franchise was a good entry, a surprise for a film that has spawned as many sequels as this one has. Last week, I went to see The Exorcist, The Unbelievable Disappointment. I agree <laughs> with the two of you on your opinions and don't really want to delve into review because I'm over it. Last night, I decided to watch Unfriended Dark Web. Unfriended colon Dark Web, I should say. And actually enjoyed it. It was a fun horror film. 
While it has a few flaws, there were a few jump scares that actually worked on me. I'm also in the middle of The Fall of the House of Usher on Netflix, which I am very much a fan of. Each episode is inspired by a story by Edgar Allan Poe. If you haven't watched it, I recommend you start, but you should watch more than the first episode to get into it. My partner was going to quit after one because they got bored, but decided to give the second one a try, and we are both very much addicted to it. The second episode had a moment that really stuck with me, and not in a good way. Even though I've never played the game, I'm actually really looking forward to Five Nights at Freddy's. It looks like fun. I'm probably going to watch it on Peacock as opposed to going to see it at the movies. I don't want to be surrounded by the Taylor Swift crowd. Thanks for sharing scares, Matthew. Oh my god, that's the second time Taylor Swift has come up in this episode, which I think is more times than ever before. Yes. Congratulations, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Matthew. And yeah, um, Unfriended Dark Web, I want to give another watch because I've only seen it once. And I thought it was fine, but I didn't love it. Yeah. Um, and since, again, House of Usher, people are just going to keep mentioning it. Um, I like it. I'm not in love with it the way I saw like people on social media, though, are like, oh, this is the best thing that's ever come out. And I think it's because usually I like shitty characters, but I don't I hate these people so much, like all of the characters okay. in it. Like, I despise them all. Oh. Uh, so it's one of those sorts of things where I'm like, yep. It's, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like watching it, but I'm like, God, I hate these characters so bad. Okay. So uh, that's where we're at. So it's interesting. It's still like a good story, but I think that's what's holding me back from being like in love with it. Because people keep comparing it to Succession and I, mm. had, I had no interest in Succession. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Shitty rich people piss me off. So yes, yeah. I think that's the problem I have. It's my own preconceived uh, feelings. So. Yeah, and Five Nights at Freddy's, I think I'll watch, but I don't know that I'm going to the theater either, Matthew. We'll see. We'll see. Is that next week? I think that's next week. week. Yeah, okay. and I would, I'm would. i probably also going to wait and just watch it on Peacock. So Yeah. But I am interested in it. Yeah. Mainly because well, yeah. of Matthew Lillard. Because <laughs> oh, I see that sure. he's in it, and I'm like, oh, I love my boy, Matthew yeah. Lillard. So, All right. Next telegram. Uh, and this one is su the subject line is VHS. Uh, and it goes, hello, hi, how are you? Writing in mid-episode to talk about VHS. I'm a big fan and always get excited for new releases in this series. I will admit they're not all 10 out of 10s, but the whole experience is so much fun. Jeremy, you have to watch the rest of them besides the third one. There really isn't that many just VHS, VHS 2, VHS Viral, VHS 94, VHS 99, VHS 85. <laughs> I don't know. That feels like a lot. Still. I think he's being facetious. Yeah. And a confirmed untitled release for next year. Outside of 1 and 2, I'd say 99 is the best one overall. So go watch it. Okay, that's enough for now. Bye. And that's from Ethan. Ethan. And you know what? Yeah, I, I feel like I'm making the commitment to myself to check out the whole VHS series. I've already, I'm doing that. I've made the commitment to Saw because I want to watch Saw X, but I'm like, I have to watch the whole series first to get there. Uh, so I'm going to be working on those, those big blind spots for me. Yeah. And not this most recent VHS, but the one before that has, I believe, a segment that the like people have talked about almost as much as they talked about that segment from part two mm -hmm. that's sort of in that clinic or whatever. You know what I'm talking yeah. about from part two that everyone raved about? In the clinic? It's it's like a hospital or uh, it's like a, a wellness place. 
Uh, no, I don't remember that. No <laughs> shit. Oh, yeah. a, it's a, and I think I'm saying it right. Um, uh, but there's this one called like Ratman or something in the most recent oh, one. Yeah, Ratman I saw become like a meme in the horror world online. So, uh, let's see. You said in two. Into Safe Haven is the one that everyone talks about. Safe Haven, which is directed by the guy who I think did the the. Oh, raid. it's a cult. A cult. Thank you. Yeah, that, like, no. I know it's like a location with a bunch of people. No, I remember that one. Oh yeah, that's the one that everybody fucking talked about. Yep. No, my favorite was the alien abduction slumber party. Oh yeah, yeah, that was that, fun. That did get turned into the movie Kids versus Aliens that I haven't seen yet. It did. Yeah. Oh my god, I did not know that that spawned that. Yeah, that's it's the same director. He turned oh, wow. It in, he turned the idea into a feature length movie, which is okay. Kids versus Aliens, and if I remember correctly, it's the guy that directed Hobo with a shotgun. So mm -hmm. that sounds yep. right. Yep. So there you go. Well, thanks, Ethan. All right. All right. Next up is from our goth botanist, Lauren, who writes, ah, my brain and soul. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I know. I just finished Lockdown Tower, a 2023 French apocalyptic horror film where things just get grimier and grimier. And, oh, sorry. Just get grimmer and grimmer and grimmer. I like grimier and grimier. <laughs> <laughs> it's so goddamn French from the opening shot, taking you through 90 minutes of progressively bleaker events. This movie is not fun. It is not exciting. <laughs> it is exceptionally depressing and leaves you with a sour feeling in your gut. And yet... I kept watching. I don't think I was waiting for a happy ending. I think I was just hoping for some sense of closure. Alas, nothing but darkness and despair. That being said, I'd recommend it to anyone looking for that kind of thing. <laughs> just be ready to feel as if you have developed a strange void inside that can't that you can't quite figure out how to fill. I'm going to try Count Chocula cereal and Snuggles with my dog. <laughs> thank you lord oh my god i've never heard of lockdown tower no but it sounds like an action film that was like a ripoff of die hard yeah it sort of does and as soon as you describe something as so goddamn french a movie like i know exactly what you're talking about you do i feel like you have described some things as that which is and that's the thing I know I'm generalizing, of course, but French cinema at large seems to be like, describe it in one word. And that one word I would use is depressing, always. Like every, I feel like every French movie I've seen has some level of just like, and everything is pointless, like <laughs> thrown in there. So there you go. So when I pull it up on Letterboxd, it comes up as just the tower. But when I put in Lockdown Tower, that is what comes, what comes up. up. I wonder if it's alternate. You know, and it titles. says La Tour, so it must be yeah. that. I bet Lockdown Tower is probably like an English Which is, language, you know, regional title for it. But yeah, it says a French survival horror thriller. Hmm. Hmm. Cool. Inter I'm definitely intrigued now, though, having never heard of it before. And yeah, grimmer and grimmer. The Grimmer grimier, Reaper. Grimier and grimier. <laughs> Thank you, Lauren. I'm so intrigued. Uh, that was the, a great, a great message. The Grime Reaper. <laughs> yes. All right. Okay. Uh, next up is from Teacher Drew. And this one goes, greetings, scare boys. I did love your latest episode. Skinamarink is such a quandary. Not much happens. 
but it kind of exploded onto the scene. Many are bored, while others think it's terrifying. Thanks for your take. I have yet to watch The Tingler. I'm curious if you or the listeners can help me. After reading a few glowing reviews of The Babadook, I looked back at my letterbox to see I had given it only one lonely star. Oh. How could this be? So I rewatched it. It started off promising and then quickly crashed and burned. Why is it on so many best of lifts? I find the characters annoying, the story banal, the descent into madness trope trite and cliche, and the monster not even a little scary. I do understand the attempt at metaphor and analogy, but it seemed like a misfire to me. Often, even if I don't appreciate a film, I can understand why others like it. Help! Tell me you've seen the new series, The Fall of the House of Usher. It is a brilliant nod to Poe and perfect for spooky season. The cast is excellent and the contemporary settings are perfect. In other news, I think we should do a scaring a sharing Europe trip to London to see Sunset Boulevard, which I do believe is horror adjacent. After all, we are ready for our close-up. Till next time, my friends, stay healthy, stay happy, stay you, Teacher Drew and Phoenix. Thank you, Teacher Drew. Okay, Teacher Drew. Yeah. Babadook is one of my all-time faves. Yeah, you're going to have to mount this defense because in all honesty, I have seen the Babadook once ever uh, back when it came out. And I'm like, I remember liking it, but I mean, I don't, I, I'm not familiar enough with it to like mount a spirited discussion about it. So I think that the leads in it, the mom and the, the son, I think they're both brilliant. I think their acting is so good. And I know everyone, I know, I've, I think I talked about this on um, Only Slightly Opinionated with Joey and Jamie. Uh, but when I mention it as one of my top tens is like, everyone talks about how annoying the little boy is, but like, I just think he's so real. I love him so much. I just think he's so, so, so real. And I think that um, Essie, hmm, I want to say Essie Davis is her name. Uh, the gal who is the lead. Oh my God. I think she is just so fucking good. But what I love about the movie so much, Essie Davis, that is correct. What I love about it so much is I think it is like the epitome of metaphorer that's so mm -hmm. hard to say but i've decided that's how that word should be metaphorer <laughs> um because i think it's like the first time i was like oh grief as a monster mm. like it just was like the first and i remember it blew some of my non-horror loving friends minds in that way they're like oh it's a, a metaphor for grief and like at the time it felt so fresh and new but like now I feel like it is a kind of the go-to. I mean, it is nine years old, like in 2024, that movie will be 10 years old. And I think it has changed so much of how horror is done that way. Not saying it's the first of its kind, but mm -hmm. it is the first time that I remember such a thing happening. And I can watch it and I can really dig into like, ooh, was there ever a monster? Was she always the monster? Like I can really go different theories in different ways with elements in it. And I find it creepy as fuck. So it's just that I'm, I'm so curious if when teacher Drew watch, I should dig back up into his letterbox, but I don't know if it is because of I, me watching it right when it came out and because it felt so fresh and new, but I have rewatched it so many times and love it every time I watch it. I just find it utterly creepy and I love the acting and I just think the storytelling is so strong. It's like a, a twist on the boogeyman that I think is just so, so great. Mm -hmm. so there yeah. you go i mean i respect teacher drew obviously yeah yeah uh, so i i love that i love being able to 
That's why I know Christian from It's Only a Podcast. And you and he had some some words on our <laughs> on our Instagram page <laughs> about Skinamarink. About Skinamarink, yeah. Because yeah. uh, <laughs> he he loves it. I still haven't got back and listened to their episode on it, but I'm gonna. Yeah. Uh, so, but like, I love that. I love the the um the discord, right? That is like conversation. Yeah. That's what Dis- that word discourse. Means? The Discord. Well, what is Discord? Is it, it must be a branch off of Discord. Discord is like chaos. Like everything oh, is okay. Everything's messed up. Uh, and then discourse is like uh, conversation or like uh, like heated conversation. A, yeah, like opposing viewpoints. Okay, about okay. Something. Yep. Oh, I love a good discourse. Then thank you. Yep. Yep. So, and yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like Babadook is sort of like Skin and Marink in that. Like I remember when it came out, I heard plenty of people say it sucked and they didn't like it. So. Mm. Um, I think it, it, it has enough of that, what we were talking about, the art film element, where it has to do with, like, do you emotionally connect to this thing in some way? And I think that makes a difference, whether you uh, can get what it's putting down for yeah. whatever reasons or, or not. Whereas, you know, like Skidamarink, uh, <laughs> as Christian and I were spiritedly discussing, I don't think it's scary whatsoever. And... Uh, <laughs> he has a different opinion and i think yeah. it just has to do with how you feel about what the movie is presenting so yeah a hundred percent and what I think, else did sorry oh i was gonna say and i think babadook could be the same way mm-hmm. whereas like i think the monster is cool i love the idea that they made up a creature that is now just accepted as like vampires werewolves and babadooks like those are just out there in the mm-hmm. pop culture now but like i didn't think he was particularly scary as much as just quirky and weird so mm-hmm. yeah and then the whole gay thing on Netflix just like brought him to a new level. Yeah, exactly. So, the, just the, so that funny. just turned into a whole other thing, which I thought was kind of cool. So, yeah. What else did Teacher Drew talk about in there? House of Usher. House of Usher, of course. Everyone's yep. talking about it. Yep. Working through almost, I'm getting there. We're like halfway through it. I think we watched uh-huh, episode uh-huh. four last night. So, okay. Um, and uh, going to London. Sure, sure. It's on the yeah, docket. Yeah, exactly. That'd be awesome. So, there you go. Well, thanks, Teacher Drew. Yeah, as always, excellent. And if you want to write to us, scaringasharing at gmail.com or slide into our Insta, scaringasharing. All one word. That's right. Uh, Well, thanks. Jeremy, did you have any news? No, news? I feel like I did, but I don't know. I yeah. forgot already. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Godzilla minus one. That's coming out soon. Yeah. Yeah, and that's uh, in my uh, little kaiju circles <laughs> part and of I the... I keep forgetting, that is the movie, but then there's also a series on Apple, right? Yes, yes. So It's different. Th- yes, Godzilla Minus One is the produced in Japan by Toho. Uh, it's the next official... Well, I say official. These are all official. Uh, it's the next Japanese-produced Godzilla movie since Shin Godzilla okay uh, for theatrical release because they did some like animes or something that i never checked out but uh it's next theatrical godzilla movie uh and it comes out in the u.s in december so people are getting pretty amped up for that um and uh and then coming out on apple in just after halloween it's like the first week of november on apple tv is monarch legacy of monsters Mm. oh which which is a continuation from the godzilla kong skull island godzilla versus kong series of movies okay and it looks pretty good i mean the trailer looks cool so i'm interested uh in what they do with it and godzilla is in it initially they were like maybe godzilla's actually in this maybe godzilla isn't but godzilla's in it so i'm like cool mothra maybe i hope that's the only monster 
The only monster they've shown us is Godzilla. So that's all we know for sure. Okay. Um, I feel like in the trailer there was some other stuff, but we'll see. We'll see. I bet you they got some new monsters in there for us. So Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Well, yeah, it's going to be a fun week leading up to Halloween, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And after, apparently, because Halloween isn't over on Halloween. Because we still got Terrifier 2's getting a theatrical re-release uh, in early November. So, And any of our friends who are local to Michigan, um, next, I think Halloween is a Tuesday, I want to say? Yeah, Halloween's on a tu- uh, this upcoming Tuesday. Yeah, early. I think the hubs and I are going to go watch Halloween, the OG, at the mm-hmm. MJR. Oh, cool. Because it's going to be there, and I would love to see it on the big screen. Yeah, our uh, local drive-in, the Ford Wyoming, I just saw is running, uh, I think it started this weekend, and I bet you it'll run through Halloween. They're doing a triple feature of Halloween, Halloween 4, Halloween 5 as well. Oh, my God. I heard Halloween 4 and 5 were coming back in the theaters, and I couldn't find it anywhere. Uh, Yeah, apparently it's at the Ford Wyoming. my God. As a triple feature. Oh my God, they are. That sounds so fun. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but yeah, that's too late for a school night. I know, but right? But I can't do it on one of these. And Saw X and Talk to Me, that's a fun Yeah, that's combo. a good pairing too. Look at that. And The Exorcist Believer and The Nun too. Oh, good. Ooh, okay. Yep. <laughs> that is fun though that the drive-in, you can go on a weekday night. Mm-hmm. If, you know, you weren't didn't have a day job i mean you can if you have a day job too yeah <laughs> that's how you work you know yeah um okay cool mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well shall we share our scares with each other let's get to it let's so if you've never scares. listened before jeremy and i love sharing with the other person and all of you movies that we love that the other or not necessarily that we love movies that we've seen that the other person hasn't seen before yeah sometimes they're not so great but yep. you know and sometimes they're great sometimes they're awesome so so, Jeremy, what are you going to share with me this week? I'm up first. Uh, this has been... The great thing I've discovered is I can go on to your letterbox and look at your watch list and pick from there. So. Now, some of those things on there I have seen before, FYI. Uh-oh. But whatever we'll it is, out. I'll take it. We'll find out. I saw on there a movie that I've not watched in a minute, and I think it's an underrated slasher flick or an underappreciated slasher flick. So my pick is going to be Madman. Oh, I have never seen Mad Men. Mm, good. Um, this is about this guy, Don Draper, and he's married yeah. to this blonde. He works at this like a marketing agency, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And there's like a redheaded secretary. <laughs> he goes crazy. <laughs> That's it. Um, I, I mean, it came out in the craze of the slasher, like Jason Michael. So I want to say, like, the poster, like, you sort of see his outline, and he's, like, a big, burly guy with, like, a meat cleaver. So I'm going to say it t- also takes place in the woods, um, maybe at a campground, and that it is, like, folklore legend of this guy. I think it's just a straight-up ripoff, Friday the 13th. Um, and, yeah, and there'll be this, this um, mad, burly killer who kills people. Awesome. <laughs> there never Let's was a sequel, it. right? Just a, a no. final. Okay. Just the one. Just the one. It was like an indie flick, technically, too. So Okay. And I am giving you a film that's perfect for the holiday, and I'm glad you haven't seen it. And it is Dark Harvest. Oh, cool. Do you know about this? No, I don't Nothing? know about this. Nothing. So apparently, well, no, I'm not going to say anything. 
Okay. But what go. do you think it's about? Is this the new Dark Harvest? Like just came out. It just came out? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I do know a little bit. I know it's based on like a young adult horror novel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like the guy that directed it is somebody of interest to us. I feel like I can't remember if he's directed something before that we liked or I don't know. He's of note. Um, and I know the cover of the book has a jack-o'-lantern man. So cool. I'm into that. I hope it's a killer pumpkin. It's like, okay. the, great, it's like the great pumpkin, but he's evil. So <laughs> that's what I that's what I'm here for. So let's do it. All right, let's watch them and talk about them. Don't you blame the movies? Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. Okay, let's do this. Yeah, let's talk about these movies. So we're going to talk about them. Jeremy will talk first. And if you don't want to listen to that or like, I got to go watch Madman first, you can look in the podcast notes and see where to skip ahead to to get to Dark Harvest. That's right. Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Madman. Uh, And the tagline is, don't say his name. And the description is, Madman Mars, the titular subject of a local folklore legend who murdered his family before escaping into the woods is inadvertently summoned to a campsite where he begins stalking and killing the camp counselors. Yeah, I mean, it is pretty pretty by the book, I guess you'd say. Sort of 80s slasher comes on the heels of Friday the 13th. Friday the mm-hmm. 13th Part 2, I don't think had come out yet. I'm or... not sure, because I feel like Right, part two, let's look it up. Part two came out, I think, the next year or so. Yeah, I just because it almost feels like the lead gal, Betsy, is sort of Amy Steele ish. Definitely not as good. We must be very clear there. Yeah, as much as, you know, all love to Dawn of the Dead, the original. Oh my God, is that the girl from her? From that? That's. That that's her. her. She she's the lead from Dawn of the Dead, the original. Oh my god, she is not good in this movie. <laughs> no, and honestly, not good in Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, well, she didn't really act in a lot of things. You look up her filmography, and you're like, it's pretty small. Um, she seems foreign. She seems like she's from another land. Huh. I wonder if she is. Uh, yeah. And Friday the Thirteenth Part Two came out in 1981, so same year as this movie. So, although you know what, when I pull up Madman, even though it's a 1981 film, it shows that it was released February 18th, 1983. Mm, I wonder if that was wide release, because mm. I was reading online that this originally was a regional movie when it started. Oh yeah, so. October 30th, 1981, in yeah. Albuquerque, New Mexico, specifically. And yeah, then in Delaware in 1982 in january then new york in january that's so crazy it just yep. kept building up yeah it got it got like limited over releases the years in, in like drive-ins around the country and got more popular so because this was definitely an indie flick yeah i i just that's surprising to me like i i guess i'm surprised it had not like the legs because it's not like it was a big fat hit because most people don't talk about it no because there's not a whole lot to talk about. I mean, it is sort of, you know, it goes into this lore of this 
you know, this killer, this inherits Madman Mars, who like sort of went, he was like a burly guy who sort of went crazy and killed his wife and his two kids with an axe. They went to hang him. And then somehow he miraculously escaped the noose and then they never found him again. But there's legend that he's around. And if you say his name, he's going to come after you and kill you. Yeah. Yeah, because he's like a ghost monster. I mean, I feel like Victor Crowley from the Hatchet movies borrows the exact same sort of thing where you're like, is he a ghost? Is he a zombie? Who knows? It doesn't really explain. Is he just a dude? I don't know. You know, it's weird and nebulous. So I wish it was a little more like he was like a spirit or whatever, because it feels like he just escaped the noose when the townspeople try to kill him for killing his family. And then he's Mm -hmm. just been living on the lamb in the, the woods. But he's living in a house, and they mm-hmm. know where the house is. They know it's like his house. Like there's no yeah. like secret to it all. And the end of the movie too is kind of ambiguous because it leads you to believe one thing, but then the final shot, you know, mild spoilers is just you know them repeating the legend that he's still out there. So yeah, it makes you think he's like a zombie. Or a oh my or god! Something. And can we just talk about the song? So it starts off with this group of people <laughs> around this campfire, and this annoying kind of cute guy is like singing this song about madman mars right it's the same song that's repeated at the end but the end it's with like synth yeah it's but around the campfire he's just like walking around singing in everyone's face and you just want to punch him because it is the worst folk song you've ever heard it's It's so bad like it's so not melodic or (laughs) anything it's just so so cheesy and the other like totally baffling thing is it's like they're at a camp for gifted children and this is like apparently for like like very smart kids right like this Mm -hmm. kind of this particular kind of gifted but there's like five of them and there's like seven counselors yeah (laughs) i'm so confused Uh uh-huh like they could have been like Oh, it's the night after the majority of them went home and these ones didn't have parents. So we're going to like, there could have been a setup for why there's so few children. There's really only one child. Mm -hmm. There's like one little girl and everyone else is like a teenager. Yeah. Like almost adults. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You don't, they seem that way to you. Oh yeah. No, they seem like grown ass people playing. It's just, it's so weird. And then there's this one little girl who's annoying. Like, I think they're supposed to be teenagers, but they're all clearly 20-somethings, like, playing younger at the very least. Which, of course, you know, I get it. They're probably, like, they had a shoot at night, and, you yeah. know, the little girl's probably someone's, like, little sister or daughter or something. Yeah, <laughs> That's exactly. That's how they worked it out. Yeah, yeah. No, it's like, like, a lot of these movies, well, I guess Friday the 13th Part 2 makes it make sense, wherein, like, Part 2... Well, in the original Friday the 13th, it's a camp, but it was preseason, right? Isn't that what it was? The kids weren't there yet. Yeah. And then in part two, it's like, no, I've started a camp that's for training camp counselors. That's why there's no kids here, because that was the setup of part two. Mm -hmm. Uh, They always find clever ways to not have any kids at these fucking summer camps or fall camps or whatever seasonal camps in these movies. But because what Friday the 13th is it where there are kids? Is it like five or Six. six? Six is the only one that ever shows it as a functional uh, summer camp. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And that's fun because there's the kids and they, like, see Jason, like, walk by, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the only one. But, yeah, no, this movie, too, I thought I think it's interesting is, like, there's a glut of these movies inspired by Friday the 13th 
And it's like a very New England thing because I never I never did summer camp. I don't know about you. I never did summer camp. That was not a thing that was part of my world growing up. But like you go onto the East Coast and it seems like it's a very like New York, Connecticut, like all those states. It seems way more prevalent there. I did theater summer camp as a kid. Mm. I did a lot of that. I did maybe four summers. That's where I had my first kiss with a girl. Okay. And um, I ki- she kissed me. It wasn't like making out. It was just like a sweet little kiss. I think I was in seventh grade. And then the next day I went to talk to her and she was kissing another boy. Oh, no. Oh, I was so pissed. It's and all not... the kids, all the boys in my, my cabin like had my back. Like we were the, the cabin of like, of like misfits which you're at a theater camp like you think you're like all misfits but we were like the misfits <laughs> like mm-hmm. for sure and i still keep in contact with one of them but yeah uh it was it was very dramatic but i love and it was on like it was at flathead lake up in montana and you'd mm. be like out around like the lake for like two weeks and then you'd come into missoula montana to do the actual performance oh it was delightful though i loved summer camp summer well, there you go look I guess in Michigan, just growing up in Michigan, it's not a thing because I don't know. Maybe people can correct me. Are there other Michigan people out there? But no one I knew summer camp like we had day camp, which you would go like do activities like for the day at things over the summer. But I didn't know. I don't really know of anyone that did any overnight summer camp stuff in Michigan. So okay. it's just not a thing regionally. Yeah, I I really enjoyed camp. It was just like always so, so much fun but like i don't remember trying like people trying to scare us that much we must have had campfires but i don't remember that actually i should say correction we had sixth grade camp was oh. a thing we did like but it was part of the school and it was at the end of the school year like right before summer and the end of you know uh for me elementary school sixth grade was the last grade before going to middle school so okay like, yeah it was like the big send-off so but it was only like it was like a long weekend you went on like friday and we came home like uh sunday night or something like that if i remember from sixth grade camp so now this movie oftentimes felt like aliens wrote it and were performing in it and trying yes. to be like adult humans <laughs> for the oh, most yeah. part or or one child uh, like it's just it's so awkward the dialogue yeah so awkward it's weird it's strange i don't know like the selling points are the gore is kind of cool for like being so indie and like no budget and madman mars is a cool character and that's like yes kind of see like i love him in shadow okay i love Mm -hmm. the idea of him and i love like he's in shadow a lot like silhouette Mm -hmm. and things i don't like seeing him as much but you're right. I never like quite thought of it the entire time I watched it that he's very Victor Crowley from the Hatchet yes. movies. Yeah, it feels. But like Victor that. Crowley has like a better design. Here he just sort of looks like an old guy, but like his hands and like feet are like giant, and they look. Just, They're like, like monster smaller. hands and feet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. yeah. It's like a hundred percent Victor Crowley is taken off of this. Which yeah. in the burning, what is his name? <laughs> I was gonna get to that. Cropsy. Okay they call him cropsy because it's based on a new york state urban legend which there's Uh, that documentary about yes there's a documentary that then ties in like the legend of cropsy to a real string of child murders that happen okay the idea is that cropsy is a maniac that lives in the woods and kills kids um and this movie he was supposed to be cropsy originally he was going to be called cropsy and it was going to be about the cropsy legend 
but then the burning was in production at the same time and they learned about it so they changed it in theirs and whipped up a new story that's so crazy i guess i never really realized that the burning is based on that and that they just straight up used his name yeah they just straight up used the name from the because the i guess it's not like i mean while it, there was a real killer cropsy was just the name that people gave it like yeah. the boogeyman exactly cropsy's just the name of whatever the 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 mystery so it's not like someone's is. gonna sue them because they're using his name like Dahmer. Right. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. That it's it's not like creating a movie and then being like Gacy the movie. Yeah. So <laughs> I remember liking that documentary, Cropsy. I did too. I remember it fucking me up a little bit too. Like I remember it being yeah. It's like depressing. Real freaky right. and depressing. Yes. Because so. they talk about like how the inmates like were mistreated and stuff of this like one particular like um yes mental they, institution they stuff. go to the the famous uh i can't remember the name but yeah the uh uh mental uh hospital where it was just horrible and that's allegedly where the guy was like institutionalized at one point before getting let out now have you ever watched titty cut follies no but i've heard of it it's, and that is the documentary, right? Isn't that, wasn't it never released or something like that? Officially? Yeah, like you can find it online, I think, somewhere. Yeah. But like, yeah, they like go into this asylum many, many years ago. It's like in black and white. And they just like film the conditions and stuff. Yeah, and, and, it's, it's and then they like they put on a show at one point. And it's, oh, it is just, lots of people say it's like one of the most disturbing films. Just because. Yeah. It, and like, I heard ooh. it. It never got released too because there's like too much pushback or something about from like the institution think, maybe that sounds or something right. like that. Yeah. Like they challenged it, but it mm -hmm. was yeah. Yeah. But anyway, man. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but all those things like tie back to this though. But it's yeah. Fine. Um there at one point though, like talk about just like if you could make a list of like ridiculous things people do when they're hiding. This woman goes into a fridge. Yes. And it's not like it's a giant fridge and she, like she throws everything out of the fridge so she can yeah. get into it. And it's like, it and it's be one, one of those <sighs> old school death fridges. Yes. Where like you might die locked in the fridge. But it was like a missed opportunity for like a kill to happen in the fridge for him to stab into the fridge. Yeah. The fridge is all white. Like it could have mixed the blood with the milk. Like there, there was missed opportunities here. And here's the other thing. They pad the, the fuck out of this movie. Like it's mm -hmm. over 90 minutes or right around. And it should be like 65. Yes. It should be like an easy 70. At There's max. so much of people just walking around and walking and walking and walking. Yes. Tons of walking. Like, please stop with the walking. Um, I love the fact that the, the, the old man, like the, the head of mm -hmm. the camp, he's just like, well, I'm going into town to play cards. And that's why he's gone, like for most of the narrative. He reminded me of Larry Fessenden. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm talking bit. about from like, yeah. um, we are still here and you're next. He, yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, and the remake. He would yeah. Larry Fessenden part. would play him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I could see that. Um, But yeah, no, this is just, yeah, it's pretty much a generic slasher but it's funny because it came out before that was really cemented you know like this is this is in the early wave of you know halloween started the slasher craze but friday the 13th absolutely created the template that everyone would then copy like, especially in regards to a campsite 
and yeah, counselors. That's, like it definitely starts to, there's so many that then focus that direction where it's like, we got to get kids uh, or teenagers like alone. Like how do we, you know, that kind of starts to become the uh, predominant uh point of slashers just show teenagers getting brutalized and also it just like helps with like you sit around a campfire and you tell stories like scary yeah. stories so let's tell a story about something that happened here and then let's have it come to life and then it comes to life and i also love the weird again because these rules aren't necessarily set in stone yet because i i suppose the idea of the final girl yes laurie strode is looked at as like the original final girl and then Friday the 13th final girl. Um, but this one, like you think that's the direction it's going and it totally doesn't. Uh, and then at the end, like your survivor is somebody who like, it shouldn't be because uh, he sets the narrative in motion by being an asshole. Uh, and then he's like, the, he's the one that lives and you're like, what? <laughs> so totally ungratifying there yeah it's so i just that lead girl who plays betsy granted slight not a spoiler here for sure but like the best kill in the whole thing is when she shoots her friend in the head oh that's great <laughs> that's that, that's the best moment so this one girl the girl who goes in the fridge um to get attacked I, her name is ellie ellie she has like big hair and she she gets like stabbed with an axe but then at one point she like like betsy is walking around with a shotgun and ellie like pops up in a window i think still alive like i don't think he threw yeah. her in the window she like pops up to be like help me i've been attacked and betsy just shoots her head off yes incredible so great that was like the best kill but there really are some decent kills in it like at one point, a guy is hung because like Madman Ma Mars, it's hard to say his name. He like, I think he only hangs him, right? Yeah, just the one, one hanging. But it's good because you would think, at least I would think, he was just going to pull him up and the guy would just be dead. But it's mm -hmm. like a struggle. And the guy's like kind of like saving himself, like just like how I would imagine in real life it could be that you're like going to try to pull yourself up and stuff. But mm -hmm. it's all for naught. All for naught. I also I rather like the kill where the the uh the gal is looking into the car <laughs> and Man Man Mars just drops out of the sky somehow on top of the hood and chops her head off with the car hood. There are it seems like a lot of decapitations in this. Yeah, there are. There's a couple others too where yeah. just, head comes off. And then I like later they're like the car's not starting and they open the hood and there's a head in the <laughs> in the engine. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, so I think the kills are what save this movie. I think that's the only reason anybody purports to like this movie is to then talk about like, yeah, it's like it was made for, you know, nothing. And it's got some interesting uh, moments in it for a slasher movie, some great gore gags. Uh, and that's really like, that's the best thing about this movie. There's this <laughs> long ass scene in a jacuzzi that you. OK, wait. Here's the other selling point. You see a furry boy butt. Mm -hmm. So that's my other selling point, you know? Yeah. And just remember, you see a boy butt, which is a rarity. We also mm -hmm. see some boobs, right? Yep. You see her yeah. boobs. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, but this scene is so long. Yeah, no, that's the thing. It's like, it's like this weird movie. And again, I think that speaks to like the, the director 
this is the only movie he ever made like the director and i think a lot of the people behind this this was their this was their movie uh so you know props that they made it cool uh it's hard to make a movie and especially to do it on your own but they did it uh and got it distributed uh even if it took a couple years it took a couple years and it's a minor cult classic to this day but um like i know the guy that plays madman mars is you know has popped up here or there on the convention circuit so he's okay you know people are want to meet madman mars so you know uh and he loves to uh indulge in that i had listened to like a podcast years ago that had him on talking about the movie uh and he was a lot of fun uh but yeah yeah it's it's like that's really it it's just an indie little slasher thing and uh uh it it feels like amateurs made it (laughs) because there's scenes that drag on it should have been cut a little tighter but it is what it is for whatever reason, what popped in my head, because like they're all together and then one by one they go off to try to find the other person and they all end up dying. But it reminded me of the game Sardines. Have you ever played Sardines? Long time ago. Because it's kind of like a reverse hide and go seek. Yeah. Which I think is a fun game because like once you find the person hiding, you have to stay with them. Yeah. It's a it's a good time. It's I mean, of course, been a million years since I played it, but I, I like Sardines. I'm, I remember playing it in. Uh grade school i think hmm yeah okay okay fun fun times yeah but now yeah. i've seen madman yeah you've seen madman you have anything else to add on the matter i don't think i oh i do like the opening and closing credits it's like a red like oh, yeah. painting or drawing like sort of a sil- silhouette of like trees sort of creating this arch yeah and i kinda... enjoy like the synthiness and then like the madman logo because that's the other thing i think like the font of like the, the title mm-hmm. is like very recognizable it reminds me of the vhs boxes it stands out and when it just sort of like comes at the screen yeah. like so i'm a fan of that as well yeah very cool yeah so uh out of five uh decapitated heads in a car engine how many do you give it you know, I was going to give it two and a half, and then I remembered the fuzzy boy butt. So I'm going three. It gets oh, a half star for that butt. Awesome. And, you know, I, I'm i being generous because I, I like Madman Mars in general. I think it's just a fun character to watch this large man, monster man, traipsing around the woods, like shambling around with no shoes on, uh, grumbling the entire time. He makes with it giant awful. giant feet. Giant feet going like the entire time. So how can you not hear him coming? Um, but uh, yeah, I'm giving it three and a half. Oh, all yeah. right. Well, an unexpected scare of approval. Scare of approval. I, I was not. I was. I thought for a while it was going to be a split scream because I knew you were going to give it over three. Mm-hmm. But then I remembered the butt. The boy butt. And it's like and this is turn this is turn your brain off and watch it kind of fun. So yeah, if you but just... Jesus, like like someone take an axe to this. <laughs> yeah, and I th- I think if it were cut up, the pacing could just be a little better, and yeah, it would be a much better film. Yes, absolutely. Tighten it up, edit it. This that's the importance of editing right here in action. That's right. Yeah. So there you couldn't go. pay for an editor. Yeah. All right, well, then let's move on to my film that I shared with you. And that film is Dark Harvest. And it is from 2023, the year of our Lord, directed by David Slade. And the tagline is Evil Stalks. 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 How are you supposed to say that word correctly? 
stocks stocks okay real quick i say that like a, if a man's name is spelled don d-o-n and a girl's name is don d-a-w-n i think it should be don and don but my husband always like makes fun of me because he's like no one is don and the other one is don yeah <laughs> those stocks yeah like stocks like the stock market do you say them differently i try so wait it's funny you say the don thing because i worked with the don uh and i like it's like it's like for me I, it's hard with a michigan accent i feel to really get the difference because you want to that eh noise so you're like dan 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 for everything so it's hard to do but yeah there i think there's a subtle different inflection between so say stock don. market or say evil stocks evil stock market and evil stocks evil stocks evil stock market <laughs> <laughs> There's no difference. There's no okay. difference. Anyway, it's all the, the same thing. <laughs> Evil stalks. Stalks. <laughs> and the description is a little lengthy. In a cursed town, the annual harvest becomes a brutal battle for survival. On Halloween 1963, Sawtooth Jack, a terrifying legend, rises from the cornfields threatening the town's children. Groups of boys unite to defeat the murderous scarecrow before midnight. Richie, a rebellious outcast, joins the run, motivated by his brother's previous victory. As the hunt progresses, Richie makes a shocking discovery and faces a pivotal choice to break the relentless cycle. Ooh, boy. Um, yeah. So this was, this was interesting. This, I had no idea what I was getting into. Like, I had heard about the book. Uh, I knew vaguely people said the book what the book was about so i thought it was going to be one thing and then i watched this and i'm like this has way more plot going on than i thought was going to happen in this what movie. did you think it was going to be i thought it was going to be more of just a monster on the loose like some sort of like this town is terrorized by this monster every halloween like an evil great pumpkin uh or something like that that's what i was thinking and they have to stop it but there's a lot more happening here uh because there's a whole town legacy going on and it's like a ritual that happens every year it's got kind of a as my letterbox review says i'm like this is like if you mixed hunger games uh with the show gravity falls has an episode called summerween uh which is their halloween episode but since it was based over a summer they had to set it in the summer but it's got a weird vibe like this where it's a the summerween trickster comes every summerween uh, and he has to be stopped before the last jack-o'-lantern goes out. So I was like, oh, weird. It's kind of like Gravity Falls mixed with Hunger Games mm -hmm. with with some pumpkin head shit going on, too. So, Yeah, and it feels almost like a Stephen King book. I mean, I know it is a book, but it kind of has yeah. a Stephen King yeah, story. It does. Like taking place in the 60s and get yeah. your bad boys and, and everything like that. Mm -hmm. It sort of has that. Do you think it's like an analogy for like war and like Vietnam and stuff? maybe i guess you could I don't read know. it there, that way because yeah. it feels like like only the boys can go out and you have to yeah. do it every year and oh yeah like, the one brother like going off and then like writing letters back and i don't know yeah. it just sort of feels in a way it's sort of even though it i feel like the era could definitely be influencing the story like with those sorts of things floating around from you know invoking the 60s yeah, I just I find it particularly refreshing in regards to sort of the lore it sets up and watching mm -hmm. it a second time because I pretty much watched it like within a few days of each other, like watched it and then watched it again. It was much. I'm not gonna say easier, but like knowing what the lore was made the second time much better because there's just a lot coming at you where you're like, 
oh, this isn't just normal people living in normal circumstances where something crazy happens. It's yeah. like there's all of this setup for like this is what happens every year, and it's like a whole thing. Like it's all this lore. Yeah, it gets put into place real quick, like, and then you're like, what, what, what? It's just like, it's a lot yeah. going on, and that kind of threw me at times. Like I was all over the place where I'm like, I like this. I'm not sure I like this. Wait, I like this again. Like it was all up and down, but I think part of it was just the amount of world building they keep throwing at you, uh, and you're trying to remember like who people are sometimes and what their relation to each other is and all that. But uh, other than that, though, I thought it was pretty cool, pretty unique. Uh, and kind of disappointing that this just got apparently was filmed like years ago uh, and just now finally got released by being dumped onto video on demand. And you're like, oh, that's kind of disappointing. Like, I feel like this could have had a nice theatrical run, especially around Halloween time. And did you watch it on Amazon Prime? Was it somewhere mm. you could watch for free? No. Oh, OK. No. I couldn't remember. I thought I had read somewhere that it was, but. Oh, maybe. Um... Maybe it is now. Yeah, it had to. It looks like you have to rent it currently. Uh, but yeah, I think it, it just, it's, I feel that if the boys, they were confusing at times, I think yeah. to like keep track of who was what boy, especially yeah. in like our main group of guys, not like the, the mean boys, but like the good boys. Sometimes I got confused on who was who. Yeah. I'll yeah, absolutely. That. Um, and a lot of cool gore so much cool gore which and i like, wasn't expecting again, like i didn't think of, the movie was gonna go that way but it did and i was like yeah. oh awesome. i think i was surprised too because i was like oh this is based on sort of a ya novel yeah right? it's like yeah it's like a teenager novel so i thought it was gonna be pulled back a little bit but no it goes and for it's it. similar to to madman where it sort of is this lore about this you know entity that kills people yeah, this boogeyman this boogeyman of sorts and i think that i was Surprise, there are some twists and turns in this particular movie that I think are really good. Like, I yeah. definitely was not expecting it to go certain places. I also love that there's a girl involved in it. Um, mm -hmm. uh, Kelly, I want to say. And I really liked her a lot. I like that they dealt with some race stuff. Yes. Um, they really got into that. Yeah, her name is Kelly. And the girl who plays her is Amiri Crutchfield. And I just really liked her a lot. I thought she was... Had some good sass to her. Yeah, great, other, great yeah. character and a great performer. Mm -hmm. And then the kid, his name is Casey. He played Richie Casey Likes. Um, and I really liked him. And then Elizabeth Reeser. I mean, I just finished Hell House. Elizabeth mm -hmm. Reeser is in it. She plays her mom. And Jeremy Davies plays his dad, who mm -hmm. might as well be Henry Thomas. You know, it might as well just like, yeah. <laughs> I kept like thinking it was. But yeah, Henry Thomas and Jeremy Davies definitely type the same. So. But yeah, and then it uses like there's a Rosemary Clooney song in it at one point, Hey There, which I think is used really effectively. I just, I, I think visually it's like so great. There are some like gorgeous shots and some yeah. really beautiful cinematography. It looks really cool. Um, one thing that's buried in there for punk rock nerds like me is a bunch of referencing to the band The Misfits because uh, the gang, uh, Richie and his little gang, when they put on their masks, it is the fiend, the logo of the misfits. Like that is exactly oh. what that mask yeah, yeah. is. Okay. Um, the I skull masks that. they wear, and then uh, he says, uh, "What the the one driving the truck in that scene?" I was like, "Oh, I see what you did there." Because uh, he says, "Step into a violent world with me," and those are lyrics from the misfits song "Violent World." Uh, 
And uh, later there's a line too, where they're talking about like one of the boys that won from years before and was like, I heard he started a rock band in New Jersey uh, and they're putting out a record called Teenagers from Mars. That's the Misfits. They're from New Jersey and Teenagers from Mars is one of their earliest singles. Is it Teenagers from Mad Mars? Mad Men Teenagers from Mad Man Mars. You know, it all connects. But I was like, all this Misfits referencing, like somebody was a big Misfits fan. Wow. Of course, I did not know that. But yeah, so punk rock nerds like me will be like, ah, Misfits, cool. And I like that Sawtooth Jack isn't like a straight up um, pumpkin, like the pumpkin looks pale. Yeah, and that's where he gets kind of a pumpkin head vibe going on. Yeah, that it isn't like a straight up like orange pumpkin. Yeah, it's like his head vaguely resembles a pumpkin, but he also looks like a weird alien thing. So, Yeah, and it does have that sort of um, dystopian challenge implemented but it's back in the 60s it's not in the like the future yeah Yeah, exactly at some point so it like goes back to the 60s and yeah like all like like the hunger games or the purge or uh uh battle royale but (laughs) transplanted to the 60s Mm -hmm. yeah i just i found it really really cool i i yeah this was a way more than i thought it was me and i really only watched it because people kept talking about how good it was yeah, and I didn't even know it was out. I just know that this thing... Oh, and that was the thing, too. David Slade directed this, who also did um, Hard Candy. And 30 Days of Night, or whatever and it's called. 30 Days of Night. But that's not the director I was thinking of, because I realized I was trying to backtrack and find information, but I really couldn't find anything. But I'm pretty sure that when... Because this was in development hell forever, because uh, it got announced like a long time ago. Uh, and originally, I think it was... What's his name? Jason. We were just talking about him in the first half. The dude that directed Hobo with a shotgun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe he was originally attached as the director. So that's why I was thinking. I'm like, it's somebody uh, of note. And I think he was the original director they had picked and then fell off of the project. And, you know, yada, yada, yada. The rest is history. And the poster is, I really like the poster a lot. I'm surprised it didn't use sort of Sawtooth Jack. But I also like that they sort of keep him a mystery. Yeah, like even like you see him a lot in drawings before you actually see him. And there's some really cool shots of him that I really I dig. There's also like a really cool like premonition scene that I like, like the character Bud, who, again, it sort of played like gets into some of that race tension back from the 60s because he's Latino or Latinx. And like some people give him a hard time about that. But he has this moment where he talks about this sort of experience he had as a kid and then it sort of like comes back into play which i think is like such a powerful scene i love that so much yeah but the poster is like one of the bad boys in the poster it's like one of the um because they're dressed up like the three stooges the like like, asshole like sort of gang of and they're it's i mean it's in a, a profile so you don't know which one it is but i always thought that it should have been one of the greaser kids who were sort of like yeah rooting for but it's not no but yeah, I I just all around find it a fun watch. I would recommend it to people, especially because it's yeah, it didn't really get a whole lot of fanfare, but people are definitely buzzing about it. Yeah, and a lot of letterbox reviews too are making the call that I uh, they see this eventually becoming like one of those Halloween rotation movies for people going forward. And I'm like, yeah, I can see that. I can see this eventually making the jump to television. Uh, and playing on cable, you know, uh, around Halloween time in the future. Yeah. And there's at one point you see, because like essentially 
if the kids don't catch Sawtooth Jack before he gets to the church at midnight on Halloween, then the town's like there was it only happened once apparently, and like a giant dust storm came in and like ruined all the crops. And at one point, you see a newspaper with like a little kid in like a um, gas mask, and it says like "Never again." And I'm like, I I want that. I want a, like the prequel to go back to show us like that dark. What? Ha- yeah, and it, it, again uh commentary there on like the dust bowl in that era of american history so it's like interesting that uh maybe there is vietnam commentary in there uh like you pointed to that uh it feels like he's uh very subtly that's the word i'm looking for subtly referencing american history and making some commentary on it from that era yeah but i dig it and i know i mentioned elizabeth reeser already but i think she's really good in this movie she's uh... I don't know. I, I wasn't say against type, but I mean, she. I think she's just a really good actress. I think my husband went to school with her, and I don't Ooh. think was like crazy about her, but then really liked Hill House, and I think therefore liked her in it. I think, and yes, after rewatching Hill House, she's so good in that fucking show, and I. She's a small part here, but I think she's good. Yeah, and you're gonna move on to House of Usher now, of course, right? I have, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, but just finished it, so. Oh, you did? Yeah. Cool. We'll talk about it in the next episode. Yeah, next step. All right. Well, cool. Do you have anything furthermore to say? No, no. All right. Well, uh, out of five handfuls of candy guts that you shove into your mouth because you're so hungry from three days of not eating, how many handfuls of candy guts do you give Dark Harvest? Dark Harvest gets three and a half. I'm going to go four. Oh, that's another. Scare of approval. Scare of approval. It sure is. Cool. I thought I might go a little, but watching it a second time, I was like, oh, yeah, I fucking like this. Yeah, this is one, too, where I'm like, all right, that's my first uh, opinion, but I feel like I'm going to revisit this and we'll see uh, how I feel on a rewatch. But uh, I feel like, yeah, this will probably. I'll start recommending this, probably. I have a strong feeling. Cool. 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 Well, always a good time with you, Jeremy. And everybody yeah. out there would love to hear from you. Scaringasharing at gmail.com. Yeah, next time you hear us, spooky season will be over. Sadly. Yeah, this comes out before Halloween. So guess what? Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, maniacs. This yeah. is the Halloween episode. So there you go. Yeah, and... I just, uh, everyone go out there and have some fun. Be safe, but wild. Tell us the crazy, send us some pictures of your kids' costumes, your costumes. You're, yeah, you're, I want to see costumes. I think we say that every year, but we haven't seen too much yet. So people, get on it. Yeah, get on it, please. We want them. Yeah. And remember, um, when you, oh, did I say scaringandsharing at gmail.com? If I no, didn't, you didn't. Scaringandsharing at gmail.com or follow us on Insta, scaringandsharing. All one word. And remember, Wolfman's got nards. You, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I'm on the spot. Welcome to prime time, bitch. Yeah, and keep watching and talking about scary movies because scaring is sharing. Bye. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.